Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer, the host of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, where we're going to talk about the Japanese concept of Ikigai or living a life of purpose. Here you're going to hear inspirational stories from all different types of people who are finding their own life of purpose. You're going to hear about how they found their Ikigai and what they do every day to live an integrated life. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai. I'm your host, Jennifer Shinkai. I'm very happy to be here today with one of the most colorful, effervescent, energetic powerhouses of uh, foreign women that I know in Japan, actually. And I have huge fangirl moments every time I see Tiziana because when Tiziana Alamprese walks into the room, you know she's there. <laughs> she has this amazing uh, joy of life, such energy, such passion. Um, I'm sure you have some down points too, but your public persona is so inspiring for so many people. And when I realized that you had moved on from uh, your corporate role and set up your own business, my mind went, yes, this is a very interesting story. And also because she was this amazing marketing professional, I know that in her former role at Fiat, you had this you know, whole team of PR people who would be saying, don't say this, don't talk about this. So this is always my exciting time uh, to speak with a guest, especially around the theme of Ikigai, um, when someone is taking a new step. I was talking to a potential guest the other day and they said, oh, no, I haven't I haven't got it worked out yet. I'm, I'm still in the process. I'm like, that's the most interesting time to share your story when it's still fresh, when you still remember different things, different decisions and so on. But uh, yeah, I just think that anyone who listens to you talk for uh, five minutes or the whole podcast is going to bring a lot of uh, energy and joy to their life. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm really excited to be here because I, I, I'm a follower of, of the Ikigai concepts in many, many years, actually. And, but I never found in, in Japan or even among the community of our international community, no one that really uh, started talking about that. So I found really fantastic that you pick up this very specific concept that uh, in Japanese uh, is Ikigai and uh, we can translate in many many ways we, we want actually because it's a very uh, big topic very flexible but also is our inner uh, let's say maybe child that guide us mm. to do the, the things that we do every day so I really love to to explore this a bit more with you today thank you for having me thank you and thank you for a very embarrassing <laughs> presentation. <laughs> I'm just a, 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 a grey um, pride woman that uh, now in my, you know, my age, I reach 60 and I'm so grateful for that. So whatever I can share with, uh, with uh, everyone is, uh, is a pleasure, is a gift. Wonderful. I, I kind of want to jump in on that point, actually. Yeah, you know, you you post these brilliant photos of, you know, hashtag Grey Pride. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about that and what you're trying to do with your social media presence on that one and how that connects to your Ikigai, too. 
look. I think that our social media are, you know, you can interpret them in many, many, many ways. Of course, uh, most of us uh, tend to show the best part of ourselves on our social mm. media. But I, I do sometimes appreciate also when uh, when people comes out with their own, uh, you know, deeper feelings or, or emotions so for me it's, uh, it's a bit of uh, always being honest so I, I never compromise you know mm. just not to say things not to take sides um, just watch and see and I, I don't like this type of, of usage of the social media so I like to be um, protagonist of my of my SNS platforms but in a way that is also ironic not invasive and possibly not boring because the last thing you want is to be bored by your own contents ne? <laughs> so every time I I needed some good reason to post something so actually I started my my really kind of project or social project many years ago uh, with a um, with a project that was called a smile uh, smile in the elevator <laughs> I, I don't know if you ever saw that but i collected like two or three years of um, every day i was going to the office and taking the elevator i started to take picture in that mirror for in that seconds few seconds but then i i i wanted to really involve the people that were with me in the elevator uh, asking them to collaborate to this project so in those few seconds i just was were asking them completely unknown people or sometimes my colleagues sometimes repeaters sometimes people that were just waiting for me to go <laughs> and don't take the elevator and to have a smile with me so I, I like uh, uh, the concept of sharing something, you know? So uh, you mentioned the grape ride. Mm. So after this, uh, this project, uh, I stopped because my mom passed away. And for many days, I couldn't just take these naps in the elevator anymore, you know? I was like, I couldn't. Mm. So anyway, time passed and then I, I decided to go gray. <laughs> Finally, I decided not to color my hair anymore, any longer. I didn't know at what stage I was. So I embarked in, the, in that journey that for many women can be very, very difficult because everybody around you keeps telling, no, why? You look yeah. much younger. You keep coloring. Even my own daughter did this to me. You know, can you imagine? She's so modern, emancipated, younger, little. But she said, mom, are you sure? Like this. And then this triggered me to do it and to share it. So I, I started taking pictures with whoever gray, gray hair person I would meet, even in the street, in the subway, <laughs> completely unknown people, people that were striking me with their nice hair, uh, gray hair. And I call it uh, hashtag gray pride. And, and then mm. I discovered that there is a kind of movement on, on, on Facebook, other groups that are doing this. So I, I also connected with them. But the bit sad point is that in Japan, I cannot find many uh, Japanese women that uh, really em embrace their gray or white hair. So most of my pictures are taken with men, which is a bit sad. So it, sometimes mm. it was very funny because when I was spotting a woman, I was <laughs> chasing her <laughs> in the street. Sorry, I love your hair. Can we take a picture together? And at the beginning, everybody was you know, a bit scared, but then they, they really loved the project. So I got many, many enthusiastic uh, people doing this with me.
<laughs> I think that's so wonderful. I'm feeling this like theme of collaboration for you, like being with other yeah. people and creating something in the moment um, is a big source of like that feeling of ikigai. Yeah, I think and also how lovely it must be to be like, hey, can you smile as long as you're not creepy, right? Can you smile in this elevator with me? Or like, I, you know, I love your gray hair. Can I take a picture with me? Like that has the difference to like make someone feel so good. Yeah, I love I love sharing. You pick up. I, I love the theme of sharing. In fact, now on my Instagram, I'm, I'm also sharing uh, casual color, random color matching. You know, me and other people that mm. we are, we wear purple or something, and I take picture <laughs> of them as well. I did with total strangers right. as well. I also color match myself with cars or objects, <laughs> dishes. Yeah, uh, because I think that also it's a concept of picking up some beauty in uh, in our humanity daily humanity and so that's my third project now is uh, my mm -hmm. daily happiness actually my little happiness is another project i like to share really little things that makes you happy that instant of of very little happiness that makes uh, makes you really mm. go ahead i think that in few words this is my my real ikigai is this sense of sharing something that is relevant in that moment for me i love it i'm totally getting uh, goosebumps as you as you share i love that you know in, in the english speaking world we kind of got a bit hooked on the venn diagram and it has to be about work and it has to be about the sense of purpose but i think there's this other element which comes through very strongly in japan and in the projects that you're working on of this in the moment ikigai like small daily happiness yeah, I, yeah and this is but the important thing is not just to to feel it for yourself which is an inner strength because i i have my daily happiness in in thanking first of all you know mm. this is my first uh, first feeling just be grateful be grateful for for everything if i start to be grateful for the many things i have you know all the problems really all the things I don't have, they just disappear immediately, mm. instantly. And it's a great, really, therapy to feel your life as a precious gift. And, uh, and I do this, I've been done this since many, many, many years, since I was quite young. And probably, yeah, since I had a very, very big accident that really put me on the edge of, you know, living or dying and that that also those experiences are really really important for you to to you know be really become more and more thankful mm. yeah i think that's very powerful to have those challenging experiences where you know the the ikiteru, the the, iki, the ability yeah. to live yeah. is is uh, in the balance for a moment um there's a very interesting uh, previous podcast guest uh, matthew dons and he talks about um his uh, cancer diagnosis uh, which was five years ago and now his cancer is yeah. unde undetectable but how that put his yeah. ikigai into a different perspective but i think we don't all have to go through you know difficult diagnosis or big accidents to just start by what I love about your gratitude practice is also focus on the abundance, not the lack. Focus on the things that you have and really put all the, the intention into those things too. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a very also Asian and, uh, you know, even Buddhist way of, of 
really appreciating uh, life and if you want really it's the deepest uh, spiritual meaning of, of many many movements like yoga even religion which i'm not a religious person but the religion in their um, very very uh, beginning uh, they they have been born like a sensation of being thankful for for what we we got and and to thank someone uh, that uh, actually is inside ourselves and that's the god that we imagine mm -hmm. so i think it's very basic very human and basic but we humans sometimes tend to to forget the very simple thing and we start following our mind which create and our ego which creates separation from this and i think that we should be more true to our whole self, mm. which is a self of really, as you said, abundance and and uh, and a very very rich source of energy yeah. that we have resilience and energy. And then I love that you also said it's not just about having it for yourself. Like so, you yeah. have those daily moments where you do your color matching or your little daily moment of happiness. Do you call it? Sorry, let me get the hashtag right. Yes, my daily <laughs> daily happiness or my little happiness. So everyone gets. But you also so you share them as well, right, on social media, so people can look around for themselves as well. well this is my exhibitionist side. I have an exhibitionist side, and and for example, this is a, one of the of the the thing that I sometimes I. I need to control because I'm I'm a very open person and I like to be seen. <laughs> That's a problem. I like also to be on stage. I I like this. And sometimes I feel embarrassed because I think maybe I shouldn't be like this. But then inside myself, I have so much fun in being like this. And uh, because I take it in also an ironic way, you know, I don't believe that I am a, I'm a goddess, but I believe that I'm a, I can be, you know, uh, I, I can be a funny person. So, you know, what I do sometimes, I also have this uh, liking for cosplay. Mm. So I, I really like to, to change my, my aspect. I really like to transform myself. I like masks. I like wigs. I have a collection of wigs, strange dresses. And, uh, and I also, for example, one of my, you know, that's uh, my, one of my happy activities to transform my friends uh, with all these, um, these, <laughs> these little tools. I make them transform. I create little, uh, little stories for many character after a dinner of four or five people, friends after we ate, and then we said, let's do a story, let's create these. And, you know, one day we had one of this friend of mine that basically gave birth to a baby, an old doll of mine. So he was the pregnant woman. We were all the, I mean, I like to do these things as well. And I, I tell you, this is also a way of, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, channeling my energy because mm. I have a lot of creative energy probably. And a lot of, of, of desire of, uh, of really have, have fun with people you know share mm. happy moments as much as we can even silly things you know silly moments and uh, so I, I really I, I start 
appreciating also this side of myself that for a while I, I wanted just to control because it was too exaggerated. You know, I had alter egos. I like to, to, to create other personas. For example, now I'm in love with a, a side of myself that is um, a dancer, a Bollywood dancer. And I invite her to my parties or other friends' parties and just dress up and I, I dance Bollywood music. <laughs> I don't know, I love it, you know? And um, so that's, that's also one side of my being uh, you know, very colorful, as you say. Uh, these colors come from uh, many creative minds that are inside myself. Oh my, I love that so much. Just bringing out <laughs> all of those hidden selves, those secret selves and giving them space to play in the world is like another, you know, what you said, like, oh, I'm too much, I'm too exaggerated, whatever. And it's like, well, actually, how can I fall in love with myself in that? And how can I bring that out? And it's a way of expressing like your life force, right? So, and I'm sure your friends are in the most joyful moment as with you as, you know, the conductor <laughs> yeah, of this yeah, time, like so giving them, giving them also the space to play, like to, to be the person who yeah. creates that. Is so so on, on my social media, Jennifer, you don't see it. You see only the top of the eyes. Mm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, there's many things. <laughs> But I'm, I'm an open person, so I really I'm I'm much more uh, sh I'm sharing much more than an average person, probably person, because my 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 conception of privacy is that as much as we live in this AI dominated world and we are all uh, you know addicted on it, so I said okay, so at least I play a bit with this and I share as much as I can because I want to be free you know I don't want to control this is okay this is not okay you know as I in my previous working life as a as a very loyal uh, super employee of uh, of this wonderful company that is now is called Celantis but it was a Fiat Chrysler Automobiles and then I I I also, I try to, to keep, you know, myself free, mm. even in, in that environment, which is not the freest of the environment for a woman, especially in automobile. But I, I, I made a point to keep my, um, my self-expression as free as I need it. And that kept me uh, working for, for this company for more than 30 years. Otherwise, I, I would have quit with a mind like mine, like I, I tried to, to describe, how could I survive in that world? Instead, yeah. I took this, this, uh, this mind, my creativity, and I, I tried to infect all the others with this. I tried to, to mm. make them also addicted to be a bit different, a bit more you know, crazy if you want, or doing things that are not in the norm. And I think that, um, especially even in my previous, you know, when I was in Italy, but also uh, during my, my life here in Japan, my working life, uh, the, the pride, the, the most moment, highest moment of pride um, is when uh, very normal people, very tight uh, businessmen just open up with me and start laughing and start doing crazy things. And this this uh, or appreciating what I was uh, was trying to communicate uh, with my free marketing spirits and uh, and they started to feel 
that and to, to love it. So this is the love. Yeah, you want to talk about love. Yes, but I, I want to just come back to love and, and marketing in a moment, but I want to land like that, that lesson or takeaway for other people because there's a sort of myth around like Ikigai and can I have my Ikigai in a Fortune 500 company? Don't I need to go and like work for an NGO or like start my own business or, you know, become an artisan? It's like, I, I, I love what you did in order to keep that self-expression, to keep your self-actualization, which is a very important part of the feeling of Ikigai and bringing that into every day at work you know, to, and to infecting other people. I, I just think it's a really important takeaway. So if someone is feeling that I can't be free at work, right? I can't express this feeling of my Ikigai and, and who I am. What kind of advice or what's the first step maybe they can take to, to do that? I, I would totally suggest to find your peers because in a company uh, the biggest uh, of course is maybe difficult to to create connection but if you start to create connection with people that are are similar to mm. you and they they have the same feeling and believe me there are many more that we can believe many more because if you go inside it each of, of my you know colleague life i could spot you know the musician i could spot the artist and they they all try to not to show this mm. side especially we are talking here in japan yeah. now eh? because you know that's a, a more difficult um, in the the working environment of, of fiat in italy it was much much easier to immediately connect with your co-workers and 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 create you know i was able to to do a, a session of uh, painting with the marijuana leaves uh, and old cash you know all the all the uh, and, and do this with all my colleagues you know because i i, I we it's more transparent, you know, how you can connect with it. In Japan, it's more difficult because the place of work is not built to, to create a friends-like relationship. But the Japanese have another way of, of, you know, releasing, you know, the typical, you know, going to drink together or having this moment together. This is also a beautiful way to to explore the others and then to, to create more connection. So I think that with a wise usage, you know, not to drink too much because that's not advisable, but to, to you know, to get in, uh, to touch more the other people's lives, mm. then you, you sharing is a wonderful perspective, really, because when you start sharing, you receive back. And this gives you the, the strength to, to be even more yourself. So share about your hobbies, about your dreams, about what you, you want to do. And, and you can see that you can create another way of, of working with others. It's a bit difficult, I, I, I agree. And of course, everybody would think, okay, but you're Italian, you're so open. But it's not true, I mean, all, all Many Italians are not like me, and uh, many people are, you know, are suffering, are struggling. They don't uh, communicate openly. They have difficulties in because this human. I mean, it's just I'm, I was blessed mm. with this character, and also I built it up eh? because I I don't think mm. I don't remember I was born so 
super open and super akarui type of uh, girl. I was quite close. I, I, I love to stay by myself and play by myself and inventing stories. But I, since I was really young, I, I entertained myself really, really well. So I, I really didn't need to. You know, I, the first day my mom took me to uh, Yorchien, to a, a little, mm. how do you say in English? I forgot. Uh, like kindergarten? Kindergarten, there we go. I, yeah. I stayed there. I didn't make any mess. I was, but I told her I will never go there again. Don't take me there. I refused. I didn't want to, to, to stay with the many people. I was this type of, of little girl. And uh, I was happy to mm. be at home to watch my mom cooking and watch my mom taking care of uh, other uh, my other siblings and I was helping her I was this type I, I like to make things happen you know and not just uh, listen what the teacher would say to you even when I start my elementary school I I remember that I took over my teacher <laughs> and when she was assigned some uh, composition, some exercise, it was changing completely. I said, look, instead of that, I did this. What do you think? Mm. I was trying to convince and, and she loved it. So I had also this good uh, you know, feedback, thanks God, from my adults, my mother, my father that allowed me to, to be a bit more free, even in my you know, own way. So uh, my teacher uh, in this small uh, little town in the south of Italy, it's incredible that mm. uh, I was blessed with this type of creative freedom. Then uh, in the, uh, the, uh, the, our age was a bit different, my age, when I was even in, a, in a middle school and junior high, the feminism was exploding. We were in the late 70s. Uh, people were, you know, fighting for their rights. There were lots of movements, social movements, and I embraced them immediately. So I was uh, always, uh, and then I, I could bring a, a, a quite um, solid myself that was you know trained through you know living in a family of four siblings so fighting my sister my other i mean I, I learned all of this but always managing in a way that was good for for how i wanted to be you know so i had this kind of self-conscious since i was really young and when i embraced feminism that was it you know i really felt that uh, we needed to come together, you know, and, and, and I started to have this more and more uh, sharing, uh, you know, feeling mm. uh, to, to change the society as well. So how does your um, how does your feminism connect to your ikigai and your you know reason to be alive? Well, I think that uh, as a woman, I, I think that uh, my ikigai could not be separated by the fact that uh, I, I need to to care for my own, uh, you know, self-respect, freedom, mm. rights, and and the other women, self-respect, freedom, rights. I mean, this is just a very basic thing. I could not feel um, happy just to, you know, to to be myself, just uh, the freedom, having the freedom that I want, doing what I, uh, being a privileged uh, white woman and enjoying my life. I, I couldn't see just this happen. So even if I cannot be probably, and I'm not a super activist, but I try to influence with what I think younger women, other people, men, 
first of mm. all, doing men, lots of education of, of men, on, on my male friends, on, on in my work, in my colleague, trying really to, to be an, an agent of change. Mm. So I think that uh, the, my feminism is strongly connected to my energy. Yeah, I agree. And I see it, I see it in the in the things that you do and how you you support different communities as well. So you're very active in the LGBT community here in Japan, as well as with Tell. So, you know, there's still this, I'm seeing this thread of sharing and connecting with people, but maybe I know some people don't like to talk about their volunteer and charity work, but it seems very important to you. And this, this idea of, I think in your, let me find the wording in your introduction, you said, I like to introduce myself as a free spirit against all discrimination, abuses and wars done in the name of religion, race, sex, money and political faith. So, yeah. Tell yeah, that is a bit strong. Man. No, I, I love it. <laughs> I left this on my LinkedIn through all my career, you know, mm. <laughs> I can see that other people, nobody, nobody dares in the corporate world, especially if you want to to go through the ladder and become a top manager or being a top manager and you don't nobody introduced himself like this yeah. you can you can check i i never saw no one really uh, doing a statement but i believe since i was very very young that a strong statement about what you stand for is very important for your life because this is uh what other people that are less fortunate, less privileged, people that are abused constantly, we need to stand for them. Mm. Otherwise, what's humanity? I mean, I, I can't really see, and I appreciate that there are many ways of, of living your life. And I am not saying that I'm everybody should be, but at least I think that if you you have to declare what you stand for. Yeah. There's a and uh, no, no, and definitely, I, I think that even especially, especially now when people are becoming more silenced, silenced especially through the noise of the social media or silenced through the fake, fake news on the internet, silenced by incredible power game of super power that are really uh, making us, shrinking us. I think it's ever more and more important to do this. Yeah. I really appreciate and admire what you say about using the platform that you have, making that statement, standing for something. And there's a idea, and some uh, originally Japanese researchers, whose name escapes me now, so I'll, I'll link to it later, but they did an assessment called the Ikigai 9. And one of the, it's like sort of nine different ways that how to measure your Ikigai. And, and one of those is about, you know, I mean something, like I have an impact to other people. And, you know, that connection with it. And I think activism, having a voice, having a stand on behalf of others is one way that people can really like also live out that feeling of Ikigai. Yeah. As you said before, it's not just about experiencing for yourself. It's how you connect into the community as well. It's, uh, yeah. Otherwise, what's the yeah. point? Why did I get to here? if I'm not like bringing other people with me and using that to, to support them too. And don't get me wrong you don't need to do big things you know uh, but a big person does many many small things you know this is this is very mm. very important to know and because so everyone can can think that 
they can matter, you know? So it's not about how many things you do. And, you know, that's another another way of sometimes wasting energy sometimes, eh? because you do, the more you do. But the focus of, of, of people that really can make an impact, and I'm learning from them because I'm, I'm maybe I'm very dispersive as well, you know, I'm dispersing lots of energy, I, I imagine. But um, I admire people that really can make things happening with their constant, with their continuous braveness and step by step, little by little. And I think that every one of us has got this strength, this resilience to be able to, as you say, impact the, the lives of others. Yeah, definitely. And, and recently I was, I was lucky enough to join face-to-face for the first time in a long time to go to the uh, TEL summit that you all uh, were organizing as a board member of TAL and were also um, on the mic as one of the the MCs and um, I think you know that's for me one of the 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 really important parts about actually my ikigai is is every day making the decision to be here and Mm -hmm. that it's worth being alive and it's maybe sometimes the part when we think about you know ikigai the reason to live, to be here. And there's also Shinigai, right? There's a reason to die. And I'd be interested to hear what you've noticed, you know, through the work of Tal, mm-hmm. through the pandemic. And we didn't really talk about this beforehand. So if, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. But I think that having Ikigai, having a sense of Ikigai, yeah. and many researchers have done this, really does change how you're able to handle different mental health challenges and, and difficult times in the life. So is there anything around that topic you could you could share? Yes, I I, I mean volunteering for for Tel has been a really an awakening for me, and especially because it, understanding more how mm. people go through these uh, very important battles that are so tiring and so exhausting, and we we from outside don't even see that because you know when you have a broken arms or you know some physical problems it's much easier to just to say okay please relax rest wait until you are you know perfect again and we will support you but when you see someone that is apparently healthy healthy has everything maybe you know doesn't have any material problems or physical problem and, and it couldn't just cannot move from the bed and that's difficult to understand and to say to this person please take your time we are there for you uh, we are listening to you you need to recover you need to feel better it's very difficult to to enter in this uh, mindset and I think that uh, the, the fantastic work that Tel is doing with the lifeline and you know, similarly to, to tell many other, even in Japanese, there are many other um, centers dedicated. But for tell, you know, for us, it's more immediate to relate because serving the international community since 50 years, it's a, it's a fantastic way to really reanalyze also yourself and how you behave uh, towards you know people that are neurodiverse or, or struggling with the mental health problem 
So this helped also to understand better my daughter. She she went through through a very very big um, you know moment of crisis, and and I couldn't really understand you know because I said come on you're young you are very you know our my, also my upbringing was very this type of thing in a small village of uh, South uh, uh, Italy when you feel like this you're down you have to eat just eat and you will be fine. <laughs> it's the medicine. For everything, yeah, the remedy of la mamma, you know, good food, and, and it works eh? because good food is prepared by love, and, and, and we can talk about that uh, later. But sometimes that's not exactly enough. So, I, I was embedded in this culture a bit, mm. you know. So, uh, learning through tell has been also helping me to, you know, to be uh, closer supporting my daughter without you know being the typical uh, I mean maybe I've been a typical southern ma- Italian <laughs> mother but you know at least you know learning and 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 this is what I, I really suggest to everyone to to understand because at any time you can go through this uh, struggling moment in your in your you know in yeah. your life and uh, to be prepared to know what the other are going through can definitely help yourself as yeah. well so it's a very important cause and that I really um, I feel very close to yeah yeah thank you yeah I think it's that how do you have the tools to help yourself how do you have the tools to help other people and to be sort of educated in advance mm-hmm. so that, um, and of course we can't always be, but, you know, being able to, you know, say the right thing. I was having a discussion with one of the uh, staff members of uh, Tokyo English Lifeline uh, at the lunch. And, you know, he was starting to tell us, you know, what do you do if someone says, um, you know, I want to die. Um, and, and how do you have that conversation? And just just being able to, support person in like that serious moment of crisis but of course you know maybe moments of crisis are often they're they're building up right it's not often such a sudden break there's been things going on so how can you see the signs and how can you support them and how can you know them in yourself as well um and I just think it's really important and what I really appreciated about that that conference was reducing the stigma getting people to talk about it and and opening up so it was it was yeah. amazing and uh, people yeah. can maybe check the links for the videos maybe yes, still available yes. so or in your country i'm sure there's something similar going on but um it's you know yeah please support tyler because I, I think that you're supporting yourself doing this and uh, it's very very important yeah. definitely but Thank yes you. we keep we keep uh, dancing around the subject of love so uh let's <laughs> let's talk about love and uh, love and ikigai and and how it connects for you Tiziana. first of all i want to define better the, the, which type of love of course uh, we we say love is, uh, has been thankful yes. love has been uh, is sharing love has been also passionate about what do you stand for love about you know and but what is different mm. difficult as we we mentioned before is to bring this in your daily 10 hours eight hours if you're lucky eight hours i in my, in my case always <laughs> it depends on your yeah organizational culture in the work day that's really really something that is very challenging so i was lucky because i came here as the marketing director so in a 
big position. So I could I could direct, I could create the guidelines, the strategy. But anyway, it was a bit of a battle to to start to, talking um, about branding in terms of uh, not just marketing, but what I call loveting. So loveting, loveting. So yeah. I, I, I love this. I love this loveting because uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really a different way of, of bringing together not only uh, not only the customer, the final customer to which you are talking to, to make more sales, basically, but also the community behind. So the, the dealers that is selling this car, the, the staff that is doing the job inside the company. I mean, it's, to, it's a way to, to make everyone more empathetically uh, linked in a more in a term of humanity, you know, because what we want, everyone, wants to be loved i mean even the meaning meanest person in the world he's behaving like this probably because he, he has a lack of love and he wants to be loved you know and that's a really basic basic thing that we express mm. since we are born as a little baby so this love is, is really what makes us uh, you know participating and uh, to our own life to make our own life richer more beautiful if you don't feel that uh, you can be mm. uh, you can feel abandoned you can feel desperate you can feel and and and, and here there are the, all the other range of, of everything that can be you know a very miserable way of, of 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 living without love so how to also bring love inside the company you know without you know, doing, a, I'm not, uh, I was not born during the hippie <laughs> period, a bit before us. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, how how did you, I can imagine, you know, maybe no, actually, I, I grew up in the 80s, yeah. which is the most materialistic yeah, and period and... ever, you know, so for me, it was quite a challenge to, to, to be, you know, even fashionable and to love uh, material things because uh, hey we are material girls <laughs> at the end of the day I'm, i also love material things but at the same time as i as we say to keep something that is is the your creativity uh, alive mm. you know? so i introduced this way of of, of branding uh, doing branding through uh, the love yeah so I, I start putting uh, brands supporting MPOs, supporting causes, supporting crowdfunding, creating a love for the tradition of Japan. We have a beautiful, I created a very beautiful project that is linking the craftsmanship, each humble craftsman with fiat, creating a, a craft, mm. you know, with a briefing. With, so it's, it's a love that is made by really the passion for the tradition and for the modernity because you know we go through in an innovation innovation is exactly what we were talking about before to bring the humanity to mm. a next level it's not just technology ai is is to bring the humanity to a next level so to start sharing this uh, uh, this feeling with my within my company it took so much long mm. time to convince especially all these men these very old ogs as, as well you know some of them are you know my same age i'm not <laughs> old, but, so I'm old, but 
but I see that I saw them very but it wasn't it's like you know it's not okay to talk about love at work is it like it's it's really inappropriate and that's not how we that's not how we do business we don't talk about love in the office we're gonna get HR talking to us about sexual harassment if we start talking about love too much you know and and and, and business is logical and it shouldn't be emotional like these yeah API, yeah. API number metric, and mm. of course I did all that. Of course, because I was I, I was a very successful yeah. with managing my brands. But the, the point is that uh, after a while, I was really happy when the sales, sales director start using the word love in his own presentation to the dealers. <laughs> so that was it. Took ten years, though. <laughs> this is a good, a good lesson for everyone to to learn that. It takes a takes some time. The, the mm. message here is: don't rush, but be be constant. Be do a continuous. Be consistent because consistency mm. really is appreciated everywhere in uh, on the job, everywhere in the in the business world, and uh, to be consistent is is a is a very important to you know keep and 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 grow mm. things even your your own business yeah I I really like that idea too of yeah I'm sure the first couple of times that was maybe just sheen like silence and then silence and then there was maybe some pushback but having that as you described earlier like how do I keep myself free how do I keep this um this thing which I stand for and just being like really sure um and continuing but also sharing yeah sharing, sharing it and like keep sharing. keep growing and give it space to breathe and also like allowing other people to meet you where they are okay it took 10 years for the sales director to start to use this language and that's his that's his journey right you know that's that's where yeah, they are less. um so also not having that attachment that everybody has to understand what i mean immediately but what is important is that as you said, like, I have this love, I have this passion for what it is that I believe in, what I'm bringing, and I'm going to spread that to the world, and people can take it if they want it, and maybe they won't. Yeah, we are all free. <laughs> yeah, all everyone free. is the freedom, the freedom to do it, but not be, sort of becoming despondent because it doesn't happen overnight, um, and I think. And also, I learn also how to appreciate the failures, no? Uh, when you you know, start doing something and it doesn't go the way you do and and also recognize your own okay I did a mistake sorry apologize you know all these good things uh, it's a very good practice to really to become a bit more relaxed and and to to be less toxic because let's say the truth sometimes the corporate world is very toxic mm. toxic not because of someone wants this to be because the 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 dynamics of the power you know are so um so so unique and also so strong you know in uh, in the corporate world that people even if they don't want they are they get caught yeah you know so my big effort has been also not to to go in, into this dimension becoming to be you know, power and so because you know you can you can do this. It's possible to to be taken into these games without even knowing. Mm. So yeah, one thing I've always thought to my staff: please, if I start acting strangely, saying you just tell me, hey, no good, stop. Because and I really meant it. Yeah. Because my best friends are those that tells me you were 
disgusting. You did this very badly. You were, yeah. you know, those are my best friends. Yeah. So having those people around you who are like, no, yeah. Who, who did you just become in that meeting? That wasn't you, Diana, kind of thing. Yeah, calling calling you in. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's very, very important that uh, you can create uh, a type of, of environment for you and around you for people to tell you that you were wrong mm. you know because it's easy to have everybody say ah oh, fantastic and pretending and it's just a superficial way of, of living but to have someone that can tell you no this is not right and for you to say oh okay and understand is fantastic i think that this is another big way of ikigai exchange you know because the person feels that he sh she can trust you telling the truth and whatever is the social position or the no it's human to human and that's how i how i try to create a relationship with my daughter to make her able to tell me you are wrong mm. Mama. oh my my daughter is very good at telling me i'm wrong all, all the time right now they're very good by the <laughs> way even if you don't educate them to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's a natural skill of a, of a teenager anyway so. it's a very natural <laughs> the eye roll <laughs> no but, but also to arguments that you know to, to to tell you why and going to deeper level i think it's a great thing and so what's next for you? You mentioned you're, um, you know, setting setting up your own shop. More people can experience loveting. I don't know. Really, really the beauty of, of changing something is that, you know, I'm, I'm like this. I didn't, I, I want to be free not to have a plan, you know, because I, I made plans for all my life of work, you know, plans, plans. So, so for example, I don't make plans for holidays. Mm. I'm the type of person that decides three days. Well, it depends on the, on if it's an overseas trip, maybe two weeks, mm. but no longer than that, you know, and I know that there are people that plan in advance also their own life. I never did. This is not very good sometimes because when you want to go somewhere, then everything is fully booked. <laughs> this happens a lot of me, but there are always alternatives. <laughs> so I have no plans. I, I really want to, to feel this freedom. By the way, I'm still a consultant for my previous company, so I'm quite busy still, you know. It's not that I, I'm mm. super free all of a sudden, but I, I can start to think other 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 things i am i'm in, interested in exploring more the concept of how the italianity uh, is perceived by the japanese to go a bit beyond the stereotypes so mm. i i'm thinking to to support a, a young media that is uh, it's been you know created about that and that's something that is just now i'm, I'm coaching with you know of course for free of charge younger um, women I, I that are, I, you know wants to start their business or have something you know to um, relate it to my my expertise and i can share with them i'm having many interesting conversation with many people that are contacting me about doing something together which which i think is is fantastic i mean that was very rewarding because one of the you know the unconscious uh, worries is that oh, you leave a position that is so high. Uh, you could have stayed until uh, your retirement. Uh, you could have still be the, the 
powerful with a budget and everything. But I, I made a promise to myself to, to change my life seriously. Uh, life shift when I was mm. 60. And I, usually I keep my promise. So I, I did it. And of course, it was took some time with my company to find, you know, who will be my the successor. And then we, 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 we came to a nice agreement and they asked me, you know, to stay as a consultant this year. So it's, it's fantastic because I found lots of, of really understanding from top management of mm. Japan. So that was fantastic. And, and this, so this is uh, enabled me to, to really go a bit open mind for, for the moment. Yeah. So really, I don't have, and I, I think it's, it's the best that one can wish to have no you know, no barrier, because if you have a plan, you have already your limits, you know, mm. if you don't have a plan, you have, everything is, is white, it can be scary, because this is what I was thinking, maybe nobody will, will contact me anymore, you know, I'm no longer there, the, so, but instead, many things are coming, you know, like this. Yeah. I, th I think that's really, really useful. I, I love that you had uh, not a plan, but a promise to yourself, it's a very different, you know, promise to change your life. And also, I think, yeah, it's very easy to get, I, I see people, you know, get tied up in kind of the glamour or the prestige of their title and the company. And then you're like, who am I without that? You know, this is the, the idea of some people, like with the Venn diagram, right? I only have one ikigai. And it's like, well, if I can't do that thing anymore, for whatever reason, because it's this, this tiny point in the middle, then who am I? And that's why I think having multiple sources of things which make you feel ikigai is, is is the way forward to not be so embedded in only like your corporate self or your creative self or your role as a parent or your role as a partner you know to have many many different places that you're getting those feelings of ikigai some are going to be more intense some are going to be more immediate some will be you know slow burners long-term things that are with you and other times will be like just a momentary, a fad in your life. You know, there was a period you, uh, you shared a picture of you as a belly dancer, right? The Bollywood dancer. Yeah. And I my, used to, my, she's called Lula. Lula. So, you know, I yes, used to go belly it. dancing and it brought me, it brought me so much joy. And it was a great. Yeah. Okay. So next time you. It was, it was a period of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do it anymore, but you can, you can bring mm -hmm. me out. But, you know, it's also okay to outgrow those things as well. They serve a purpose at some point. So I think it's really. Um, really, really lovely, though, to have this promise, a promise, not a plan and the white page. And also what I think is is great as an example for other people. And I'm sure you don't want to be an example for other people. I don't think you position yourself in that way, but people will look to your story and go, I think people will ring. People will contact because it's not the connection to the company and to the role it's the connection to you as a human who you are Tiziana as yourself that is attracting people and makes them want to work with you uh, but you don't know that until you take the step out of the comfort zone but here's a, maybe the example for other people here's one person who is doing this maybe you can try to for the the listeners and, and watching. doing a 60 which is a, a the typical dangerous age because you think oh my god i'm already so why i should uh, go in into the the unknown you know before the retirement and that's but that's also another source of, of 
energy. So I, I really suggest that we, we start seeing ourselves like the, the eyes of, of the outside world, you are 60s so or you're old, you have white hair, so you're old, you're not more attractive, you know, because these are all the paradigms that we've been uh, mm. grown up in the society. Patriarchy, this is called the, the, the stereotype of the patriarchy because, you know, men with white hair are, are considered interesting. Yeah, you know, elder, wise, gravitas. So that is one of the many, many constraints that we have, especially as a women in, in our society. So I think free yourself and, and share more. And, uh, and this is why I, I also embrace more my volunteer time with uh, after I, I, you know, I could be a bit more free in, in my working life. And I think that uh, doing, making this choice make you feel um, stronger anyway. Wonderful. Happier. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what Ikigai is about for me, is that little, little daily moments of happiness as well and in each thing. So we're coming to the close of our time here today. Do you have any final message, things you want people to take away for the listeners of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai? The floor is yours. Yes, I, I think that we need to all to find, I mean, uh, find our own beauty inside ourselves. This is also very important and, and uh, to define your beauty. And for me, um, my own beauty, so the, the, the things that really can enlighten my, my daily life is, uh, is sharing. So I will uh, emphasize this uh, word again. Sharing is like the new, uh, really, fashion of your heart. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> well, I look forward to everyone sharing their comments and how much they have enjoyed this episode. Listen to the end and uh, add your comments on whatever media you are here. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you today. Thank I'm you. so energized. I'm so excited. I know that we have we have an, another topic I want to talk to you about someday, maybe not on the record. We do off the record, but we'll save that as a, a teaser um, for, for another time. But uh, thank you so much for, for sharing your time today. Okay. I wait you. Lula is waiting for you for a belly Okay. Dance. I'll try and I, I, need, I used to have a I you have, you have I, everything. I, I, I you have learn. my wigs and all. Oh, okay. I'm ready to come and play. No all right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you found something you could take away from the episode to help you find your own Ikigai and integrate it into your daily life. And I'd love to hear exactly what resonated with you. So pop over to see me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page. You can find the links in the show notes below. And let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway from the podcast today. And sharing is caring. So feel free to share this episode with one of your friends who you think could benefit from hearing about living a life of purpose. Looking forward to see you on the next episode of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai.